Welcome, kids, to the very latest episode of Track Changes, the official podcast of Postlight, a digital product shop here in New York City. Uh, we build all kinds of cool... Well, there will be no ads, just a disclaim, just this one. And it's a sponsored content ad. We are Postlight, the digital product studio in New York City. We build, design, architect, all sorts of amazing apps, platforms, web apps, mobile apps, just about anything you need. Uh, we're a product studio. We do it all. Give us a shout at hello at postlight.com. Paul, what'd you think? It's pretty good, but you, you forgot to tell everybody who you are. See, uh, the humility at play is just something. It's just something. My name is Rich Ziotti, the co-founder of Postlight, and sitting across from me. Paul Ford, the other co-founder of Postlight. It's just no ego, dude. There's no, just no, no ego there. You're really just a flawless human being. So listen, we're going to talk about, as, as we are recording this, news has come that AOL Instant Messenger is about to be shut down. Right. And I mean, it's been around around 20 years. It's an old product. And mm-hmm. I don't think this took anyone by extreme surprise. And there are a lot of other options in the marketplace. Sure. So I'm sure there's still people who count on AOL Instant Messenger. Well, it's worth noting. I mean, there are probably millions of people who use it, right? Not even people who count. I mean, there are people out there, uh, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to discriminate against age because as you skew older, you tend to change stuff up less. That's right. And uh, they're using it. They're definitely using it. I, that's just how it goes. My mom is still using Yahoo Mail for its notes functionality. Sure. I mean, there's uh, people still pay for dial-up AOL. Oh, yeah. It's tens of millions of dollars in revenue, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. still a big part of their business, right? Sure, sure. And tied into their Verizon acquisition and on and on. But clearly, AOL gets bought by Verizon. Years go by, and they're like, hey, enough with this. Yeah. Uh, There are other options. And I'm going to assume in particular that like WhatsApp, not even Google Chat, but like WhatsApp and Facebook Messenger have now been- Just dominate. That's the death knell, right? Like you can't compete against WhatsApp if you're AOL Instant Messenger. No, no, no. You're done. So that got us thinking. We were talking about the right way to shut things down and when things get shut down, how people should behave and, and sort of all that stuff. So you know what I love? My, my personal favorite is when a company, like a mid-sized company, like a startup in particular, has some product that people like, but then it gets bought by Google or Facebook or somebody big. Mm-hmm. And often the acquisition is only tangential to the product itself. Like uh, we want the talent or we're going to incorporate this into our big ad product or whatever. Yeah. And then that post comes along and it says, our incredible journey. <laughs> Well, I mean, pause on the post. I mean, look, the, what's the background for a po- post starting like that? It's internally inside that company. They Nobody took them by the ear and said, you're coming to Google or wherever. This is a celebration. Oh, yeah. Somebody just made a lot of money. And it's an incredibly validating thing to have a big, fancy company uh, acquire you. Especially and if you're young, right? Like a lot of these founders exactly. are pretty young. Exactly. So and they're like, oh my God, I'm going to get to, I can buy 50 drones. Right. Right. And, and exactly. Which is the unit of currency for young startup founders is purely <laughs> drones. drones. Yeah. And so it's success for many. It's the pinnacle of success. And so there's a checklist and they're like, oh, I can't wait to tell everyone the good news. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here we go. Right. 
Are, and, and, and it's also it's such an incredible incredible journey. Oh, it's, it's yes, yeah, yes. A new path for Whistlecore that's industries. Right. That's right. right. Uh, we have agreed to um, work with join the blank family. That's a good one too. Yeah, I love that. Like, and it, and it's just well, you could just say let's use Google for a minute. It's 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 often Google. It's often Google. Sometimes it's Facebook. Right. And you go in and they promise you, we're going to leave you alone because you are the best ever. Yeah. They always promise that. Yeah. yeah and look, out of fairness, some actually do. Yeah, I'm they gonna do. I'm going to call one out. Pinterest left Instapaper alone. Right. Uh, it still functions. It still works, which is very nice. Right. Actually, Mozilla and Pocket in, a, in the same zone. Right? Yeah. Like you can still use Pocket and it, it works right inside of Firefox. You see it as strategic and, and, and standing up on its own. And so. you have to assume that the product teams that are working on those products, even, you know, they're, they're probably connected more to the host organization, but they're still able to think their own thoughts and do their own stuff. Which is cool and, and very thoughtful because you have, in many cases, millions of users and this is an observation, by the way, I've seen through watching this happen in other places. User, your users own your product. The time they have spent on your product is not just for their own benefit and utility. The time they have spent is, as, as they see it, actual investment in your product. And when you, when you don't bring them into that conversation and you give them that news, all of a sudden, you have in many ways betrayed them. And it's not just about shutting down. Like People get emotional about the features you offer, the roadmap, the logo, if you anything, change it. Anything. Yeah, if you, it's happened, right? Some product managers say, yeah, we're going to move that button. It's stupid. And just the, the wave comes in on them, right? What have you done? You change it back. I mean, it's it's the it's the new Coke, right? Right. Scenario. Well, my formulation here is that the fundamental question of the web is why wasn't I consulted? Right. Like this yes, is which is by the way a landmark article. Right. Okay. So if you search why wasn't I consulted, that piece will come up. It's from about five six years ago. Uh, let's not be too too humble here, Paul Ford. It was written by Paul Ford. It landed, and you know I don't get palpitations generally but i read it and it was revelatory so the the argument is that the web is essentially <laughs> a medium for customers you know why i wrote that because i had that idea and i was talking about it and anil dash i was working with anil and he's uh -huh. like god you know i'm gonna write that up that's good you keep saying you're gonna write it up but i'll do it. and i was like the hell you will <laughs> and, <I wrote. laughs> and it came out uh I, I also sense that you wrote it in like two hours. Yeah, well, I did. I yeah. did. It was exactly a couple of the pieces that I've had the most success with have been written very, very quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, that one was just a, a sense of frustration with how people were perceiving and talking. Because you, you go out and I, I see both sides, right? Like you're right. The user is the owner. That is the, whether that's real or not, that is the understanding of the user. And no one has been able to successfully change that. In fact, it represents success. That's if right. If someone has, is, has decided to take the leap and emotionally invest and personally invest in your product, that means you've, you're doing something right. You just created something that resonated and, and actually affected someone in such a way where they feel like their time is worth it. Um, a great sort of signifier of this is 
that like badass user who loves to go into the support forums. Oh yeah. And just like, oh, let me show you real quick. You just move this here, pull that over there, and reboot, and you're it. You're done. You know and where you love see that. it. You know where you see that is Excel. Oh, Excel. Microsoft Excel's user community is the most passionate ever. Oh, it's it's. I think it, yeah. I think yeah. it's like it's actually you know Excel is a programming language. It's a system. Like it's a whole system for seeing the world and breaking it down into little cells of data. It's an. Inc- By the way, let's pause on Excel. It oh, is an incredibly impressive piece of it's software. It's a majestic piece of software. It's one yeah. of the best pieces of software of all time, and. They're also the the number of people who use it is vast, and the things that they do with it is vast. So, if it's pulling off like point one percent of those people are inclined to help others, it's you have millions of people. Yeah, and then there's a whole Stack Overflow did this too, right? Where there's a little hierarchy as to who can be the most helpful mm-hmm. and get the most points for their helpfulness. Right. And it's it's a way of sort of expressing not only expressing their love for the app, but also showing off and really establishing their status within that community, which is amazing. If you create a community around your product where humans are gathering around your product, you've done something amazing. You have. You should be very proud of of that achievement. It's hard to be proud, though, because status hierarchy and dominance starts to play in. And instead of working on your product, you spend all this time, you know, dealing with human personalities. Yeah, that's right. That can be very stressful. Yeah. But back to our incredible journey, right? Like, I think you made a very good point there. The user owns the product. But suddenly, I have a sort of cynical thing I like to say, which is that one of the best things you can do on the web is create a family around your product and then sell it, right? Like, it's you create that sort of beautiful yeah. sense of ownership and connection. And sure. then you're like, and by the way, we're part of the Google family now. And the people who own it are like, I'm not part of the Google family. Exactly, exactly. And it's a really tricky moment because suddenly they're powerless. They had power. They were using your product, sending emails. That's right. They might have even been interacting like with engineers and customer support directly. Mm-hmm. And now it's all different and they can feel very betrayed and very angry. That's exactly right. And the communications there are almost impossible to get right. It's a very, very... You're going to uh, take heat no matter what. Well, also, you're in outer space. You just sold your company. Right. Suddenly, your ego is just pouring out the windows. Your your checkbook has zeros in it. You're, you're, you're the man or yeah. the woman. You're just the shit yeah. right at that moment in time. So and, and also, it's hard, I think, especially, again, when you're younger, you expect everyone to be really excited about your amazing success. Exactly. It's just, this exactly. has worked out so well. And it, it, it can work out for other people. Yeah. It's just it's yeah. your turn. And you you're going to you're going to fulfill that promise of giving $10,000 to St. Jude's Hospital. Right. And you're never going to let down the users. I mean, they may never get to use the product again, but you would never, you know, they no, they you should still under- care about them. But they should understand how important they have been to getting you to this oh, amazing you know point. What, that's exactly right. The, you know, it's infuriating to the users is the thank you. Oh yeah, you guys got to share. Thank you so much. You have, you got us here. Thank yeah. you so we much. We couldn't for have your, done it without you. Your commitment and support. And you might as well uh, give Die up. Die in a burning fire. <laughs> so this is the thing, right? Like, you've shut down a product. Uh, yes, I have shut down a product. But I think we it should... was late in the game. The proper shutdown was a, a year ago for readability, less That's than right. a year ago. And I think it had, it was effectively, I don't want to say abandoned, but more or less left alone for a few years. And I, I'm sure the population, the population wasn't such that 
uh, there was a whole uproar. But it, I think there was a point where if I had shut it down at, at that point, it would have been a little more emotional. But So readability, it was an API that people could use to turn web pages into cleaner text. And it was apps that had a reading view. It was a little like Instapaper, yeah. a little like Pocket. Actually, you're, you're raising a good point. The a- API side of it, there was pain. There was pain. There right? was a fair amount of pain because people were relying on it to run their apps. So you had... You had apps scrambling to change to replace it. So you had this piece of infrastructure, and it was very expensive to run, and you were paying out of pocket to run it for years. For years. For years, because I didn't want to. And honestly, I there was no. It wasn't like okay, I'm 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 angling for the upside here. There was not going to be much of an upside. I just felt an obligation, frankly, to the the people that were relying on it. Like some of my favorite apps. We're using it. That's right. So and I just didn't want to pull the rug out from under them. But nonetheless, I mean, I knew the number. It was expensive. It was running as hot as a regular startup and at different points. It was expensive. It was a lot of calls and in the billions. In the billions. And we talked to different people. Just the things that you're looking for. You're looking for someone to adopt it. You're looking for someone to buy it or even sort of take it off your hands. Yeah. And, you know, we, we'd started Postlet at this point, but you still had a readability. And we tried. We went down those paths. And it just like couldn't gel. There were options, but everything sort of felt sticky and everything that looked like yeah. it could materialize felt like it would be a real betrayal. Needed a clean break. Yeah. And it wasn't like, a, it wasn't, it was never the kind of betrayal where you'd go like, well, I need to consider this betrayal. It was like, oh God, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And so then we had to sit down and figure out how are you going to shut down readability? And really what it took, what, probably about six months Planning was took a while, and then yeah. there was the communication plan. That's right. Which was... This was a product, like shutting down readability in such yeah. a way that people could make sensible decisions about the software that depended on it. Yeah, this was trickier because it, it was... If, I think it was end users, it would have been like you know, 30, 45 days. Well, we did shut that down too, right? Yes. And they, but that we gave it, like if you looked at the calendar... It was like a month before we blasted the end users. But That's right. But we also months like, because but pr- they had warning. We had warning. We shut that. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. We but it, that was more like we gave them tips on how to move it to Pocket That's or Instapaper. So or focus on. I think that's key for people, right? Like we didn't just say like, "Sorry, it's over." We said, "Here's how it works." Yep. Do we give them a migration? We gave them the ability to export their stuff. Yes, that was always in there. Yeah. So that's what we pointed them to it and said, "Here's how you get your stuff out." Yep. And then we said, go over here to Pocket, Instapaper, these others. These will provide similar experience. Well, one of them had it built in. That's right. You could import readability. The other, I forgot which is which, but other ha- someone had wrote, written a tool. Okay. Like a third party, like just some fan just said, hey, here's a tool. Drop your readability, whatever we gave you. So the people like an who, RSS feed or something. The people who were using like readability apps to read content that had been filtered through readability. Had an easy transition. They had a transition. They had a path. They had notification. And they got an email. They got an email. And it had data in it. And it was pretty clear. And yeah. I would say like... There, oh, you know what we also did? Readability was a reading queue, like Instapaper. Mm-hmm. I think we, we pushed an article to that the said, top of their list right. that said we're shutting down or something like that. So I feel that that was clear. That was above board. It gave people lots of warning and they had control over their own lives. Nobody was paying for this. No. Right. So this, But you felt like... They, hey, were, they were the owners, not us. Well, exactly. And look, 
what you had in, in, in readability, and you just didn't know how people were using it. They'd have hundreds of articles in there. It's like, I'm going to get to these on my, in my, when I head to Mexico for vacation. It's their bookmarks. I'm going to, yeah. But the articles were kept natively, you know, locally and all that nonsense. So you felt like, hey, let's make it easy for you. And mm-hmm. that was a, that was a little bit of a process. And mind you, again, the population was not big at that point. But it still, wasn't too painful. But let's be clear. It would have been a lot cheaper and easier to just pull the plug and see what happens. Yes. Like the money that was being, you had to spend not just the money for hosting and dealing with the platform, but then you had to spend money to solve this problem, do the Correct. communication, send out the email. So Correct. again, though, they're the owners. And it's, yes. a, it's a weird thing because you're spending all the money. But if you, if you blow up that ethos, you create a lot of bad vibes, just a lot of badness in the world. And it's not purely pragmatic. Like you care about, you can and you should, I mean, you don't have to care about the users that... Uh, used your product. We were uh, conscious of it uh, reflecting negatively on Postlight. To some extent, yes. You know, it wasn't, yes, it yes. wasn't, readability was yours, but you're the co-founder of Postlight and it was going to kind of like yeah. the startup that you had that was winding down. Yeah. So, and then the API was uh, a different and more involved process. Well, I mean, it wasn't involved for us. What was involved was, yeah, you, it takes about five minutes to transition your bookmarks from one place to another right. as a user. You're gonna have to push an app update. You're gonna have That's to right. write new code. If you're a reader app that lets people have a, like a magazine style experience That's while right. looking at the web relies <laughs> on me, on, on right. readability, you would have to then put a new app in the app store. And there were other options out there, but that's a pretty annoying like if you don't know the app update process, like you got to submit it to Google. They have to approve it, review it, and approve it, and then you can push the update. So this is tricky because we were able to do the work on the consumer side. Correct. Because when I say we, like post-site employees were, were jumping in, and, and essentially like readability was, was almost paying them. It's a, one of those complicated things that happens when you're all working together. But But if we had shut this down out of the blue – all these other people. The would, app would literally break. The app would, your app on your phone would break. You'd never know it was readability. Yeah. And here, instead of one company saying, hey, this is shutting off, you had almost infinite dependencies. All these people were going to have to do some work. Yeah. And, and, and we gave them options too. They had ways forward. And again, worth noting, the API was entirely free. We did not legally... Or terms of service were very clear about this. Yeah, you could have gone in with a big red button or a big like, switch and been like, Boom, yeah, that's because it. you needed to like, let's say you went bankrupt or something, you right. couldn't have people chasing you after that. So we we there was, it was in the in the dot in the terms of service. We can shut this off at any time. That just was in there because we just didn't know what could happen to yeah, us. Yeah, to protect yourself. But at the same time, the ethos was don't shut this off. And we gave them months. Uh, I don't think it was nine months or six months. I think it was three months or something. But it was, mu- it, was a, it was enough time to solve the problem. Go update your app. Go change. And there were other options out there. Readability is a very good parser, but there were other good options out there. I don't know mm-hmm. if it was going to match you know, exactly how it worked, but there were good options out there so you can, you can fix it. And that was it. And look, I think... The goal here is not to talk about entirely about readability. No, but, but I think it's, it's the, the case the study we're closest to. And it worked. Like, And it worked. There was some sad out there. Oh, by the way, the post. There was a post. It was brief. I think I wrote it under my personal Medium account, not Postlights. Mm-hmm. 
And I, I didn't want to do the, I think it was two paragraphs. I was like, this was a fascinating learning experience. Appreciate the support and thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was it. And that was all it needed to be, to be honest. Nobody wants, I mean, maybe there's some curious people out there, but nobody wanted to hear the story. Honestly, it's okay for it to be none of their business, right? Like and it, I but what's assume it, they're not interested. Here's what you focus on. You focus on the fact that the users are the owners. They're about to lose it. They're about to lose it. And so you have to give them a path for yeah. either dealing with that emotionally and intellectually if there is no replacement. Right. Or say, you might want to go over here and check this out. Yeah. And I, I do think that people understand that. They understand yeah. that okay, there is a weird kind of economy here where even though I'm not paying anything, I feel very invested in it. But I never got my checkbook out. I never went to these people and was like, how do I keep this going? So the fact that this is the conclusion is, is an understanding of one of the ways that the web works. Sometimes, yes. sometimes things go away. And I don't think you need an I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sad. Um, I think thank, a thank, thank you, you is important. You're, it's when you say thank you for your support. Usually that means money. Like that's right. kind of associated with nonprofits. But if it's a free app and people have just committed their time and energy towards it, even though it's giving something back to them, that's what most co-founders get wrong or founders get wrong. I gave you a service. You didn't have it before. It was just a net positive for you in your life, and now I'm taking it away. So don't complain because it was never never cost you money and it was free. So don't complain. I think that's the mindset for a lot of people. And I think what people don't realize... It's a very easy mindset to get into when you get that big check, too. Oh, boy. You're just like, oh, hey, no. whoa, you know? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. It's, they, 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 why did they expect anything anyway? Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, it's rational. It's just human behavior. And it's yeah, rational. It's where the weird cultural economy of the web smashes into the real economy where you want to yeah. pay a mortgage or have 50 drones. Yeah. It's free. Yeah. What do you want from me? So readability, the whole thing was communication. Just tons of communication, respect, and letting go. Yeah, I mean, let's end this with a, a handful of tips. Okay. Okay. I mean, some of these are going to be more opinionated than others, but uh, I think they're good tips. First of all, remember that your user is the owner of the product, not you. It's great that you just made a zillion dollars and are going to go work for something horrible. But uh, you should really, really remember that that's not exciting to them. We would love to work with Facebook, Google, Snapchat, Pinterest, and they are not horrible. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amazon, too. Don't forget. My oh, God. God, I love Amazon so <laughs> I re- much. Of all of them, that's the one, right? When I'm like feeling empty on a Friday night, How'd I they just do go it? in and buy nonsense. Sure. And it lasts for like five seconds, and then I just go back to feeling empty. Anyway, that's not the point of this podcast. So your user owns the product. Uh, empathize with that user. And it's a strange moment for you, right? Because you think one a wonderful thing has happened to you and the product. And it can be hard to believe that that wonderful thing is not wonderful for everybody else. Correct. Give them time. Some tips. Give them time. Uh, give them steps. Give them a path. Give them a path so things don't break on them if possible. Let them export their data. Uh, yes. Keep it brief about you, your company, and how an enormous success this is. Mm-hmm. What a wonderful culmination this is. Like, talk about it. I mean, you, you deserve that. Like, but don't write a long-winded essay about 
the journey and and how you got there and what an amazing. Well, that's outcome. the thing. That's for you. That's not for your users. That's right. Write that to the company. Right. Write it to your family. Put it on your Facebook. mom is going to be ecstatic. Your mom yeah. might not. Yeah, I mean, she's going to be really happy about this. But your users are your their connection to you is the thing. And all they want to know is, can I use my data? Am I going to lose something in this transaction? Yes. And they're paranoid because for good reason, even if you're like, hey, no worries, we're going to support this thing. That's right. Remember when like Dropbox got that mail app? Everyone was really in like in line for, for using something. It was like Mailbox. Mm, Airmail. Like yeah, one of those. One and then that, that's gone. Like those are, those are painful memories for people. <laughs> yeah. They're not fun. They're, yeah. like, they're like, oh, yeah, you really. They're not success. No. Yeah. And end it with a thank you. They are why you were able to see that success. So that's us sharing some experience. Um, but, uh, you know, it's no fun to shut things down, even if they've succeeded. Correct. And it's complicated, and there's a way to do it. Be thoughtful. All right. Well, that is us. You know, we're thoughtful people here at Postlight. Just caring and empathetic, we man. Just, we and just want people to, to do it right and care about their users. And look, if you want someone to care and empathize with whatever you're going through. You can pay us to do that for you. And we are at hello at Postlight. Dot com. And you could also go to iTunes and give us a good rating if you're so inclined. But we are listening. We read every email that comes in through there. Yes. And we are always looking for good clients with big problems to solve and smart people who want to solve big problems. Come on, come on by and we'll maybe hire you. Product managers, engineers, product designers. I'm Paul Ford. And I'm Rich Ziotti. And we're going to get back to work. Bye, everybody. Have a good week. Bye.